When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, baseball family. Today, we're going to talk about spring training, season previews, MLB the show, and what if it happened in baseball history. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. All right, baseball family, welcome. We are here. I'm Brig. This is Brad. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast. How are you today, Mr. Bradman? Hanging in there. Hanging in there in case you cannot tell. (laughs) I am ill. Brad is under the weather. Yeah. (laughs) And I am exhaustified. So we are going to do our best to bring you the greatest show ever today, and it's going to be awesome. We're probably going to overcompensate. It's going to be your favorite episode ever. It's going to be great. All right, let's jump into current (laughs) events. Let's talk about spring training hats because they have been released. It's that time of the year. We're going to start talking about uh, new eras, blunders, and that's really always fun. They've once again screwed it up. I I think a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. A lot of us like, there's a lot of people who like the trucker hat thing and that's fine. But for me, they're just boring. It's not the trucker hat thing. It's just boring. I know you hate the oh, trucker hats, though, right, Brad? I do hate the trucker hat, and I'm going to get on this soapbox again because a hat for people like me, in case you cannot tell, I have no hair on this part of my head. It's functional. Yeah. I was complaining about this last week in our – we have we still have a group chat. It's ongoing from our Fantasy Baseball League last year. And uh, I was like, it's stupid because I cannot wear this hat. And somebody said, put sunscreen on your head. Okay. I left it because I wanted to address it here, Briggs, specifically. Oh, okay. One, somebody who does not have hair on the top of their head. If I'm going to put sunscreen on my head, I'm not going to wear a hat. Because you know what my head, you know what my tan line is going to look like after I wear that hat anyway. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, there's, it's going to be a line. (laughs) There's, it will probably, it might end up being a little bit, uh, looking like a golf ball, but yeah, there's going to be a line for sure. So if I'm going to put sunscreen on my head, I'm not going to wear a hat. 0% chance of wearing a hat if I've got sunscreen on my head because I want to have an even tan line or even tan. So if I'm not going to put sunscreen on my head, that's when I wear a hat. And that hat is not functional. Can't do it. It's very upsetting. I don't like it. (laughs) And I'm sure that there are a number of players who are like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So my thing is I like the the two-tone or the, the monochrome look of them. So a lot of I, them look I, like a lot of them look like I would buy the Mariners hat if it wasn't a trucker style hat. That's right. And the White Sox one is really good. But some of them like the Braves one doesn't make any sense to me because they've left the blue, but it's on a black cap. It looks black. I hope in person it's blue and blue and just coming through in the photograph poorly because other teams like Minnesota have the same problem. But then you get over to Milwaukee and that looks like it's Navy on Navy. So for those of you yeah. listening and not watching on YouTube, I guess we're not putting up the image anyway. Um, they are it's <laughs> it's a it's a one it's a single color all the way around trucker. They've got them in every shape and size, and then they've got the team's primary logo 
on the front outlined in their alternate colored stitching. So with Milwaukee, it's all navy with a little bit of that yellow. The you know with the Braves, it's dark on dark with red around it, right? That's it. And it's really cool. And then on the right-hand side, they've got the spring training 23 patch, uh, commemorative patch for what you know, whichever location. They've got an Arizona one and a the other place, Florida. <laughs> the, the Phillies somehow got away with doing a different colored visor. They've got red and blue, which nobody else seems to have gotten away with. I'm doing a quick search right now, but it's the only one. With any variation, that's the only one. Uh, yeah, that's the only one I've seen. But I like that. I like the red with the blue. But that's that's feels like typical Phillies and Phillies, and definitely feels like spring training to me for the Phillies. Totally, to do that yeah. You know, so I like it. I think it's fitting. But I think the Mariners one is really cool. Um, yeah. It's navy blue with like a little bit of white and teal. Yeah, you know, like I think it looks cool. If it was just on a navy blue hat without the mesh, I would buy it. If it was a solid hat. Yeah. For those of you wondering, the Yankees hat looks like a Yankees hat. All right, let's move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely no variation capabilities whatsoever. Uh, Speaking of spring training, it'll be uh, over and done very quickly. So let's move on to opening day because the opening day schedule has been released and it's going to be here on March 30th. Keep that date in mind for a couple things. Let's just run down the list, Brad. And and I can do this really quick. I'm going to run down the list of all the games that have been announced. Every team will play on opening day this year, which is uh, unprecedented and triumphant. I'm worried and a little bit upset, and I'll talk about this in a minute. Well, no, I'm talking about right now. Why, Brad, is opening day on a Thursday? I know there's a million games to get in. I know we have all kind of conflict and everything. But I cannot take my child out of school for a 1 p.m. start time on a Thursday for what I consider to be a national holiday. And I remain irate, Brad. So let me ask your question. Let me ask you another question to answer your question. Why can't you take your child out of school on a Thursday for a 1 p.m. game on what you believe to be a national holiday? I will. That's exactly what is going to happen. But, but. It would be so much easier if it were a Friday or a Saturday. Four game series. They got to get those four game series in. I don't care. I don't want you taking their side, Brad. I want you taking my side. (laughs) I I think it makes sense, Brig. I think it makes more sense to start the season, to have everybody start the season going into a weekend series than it does to start Mm. the season with one or two games on Sunday than have everybody else start on Monday. I mean, yeah, you can take a three day weekend, right? That's That's what I'm saying. Start on Friday. Go ahead and do everybody all at once. Do a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, travel Monday. I don't understand why we're starting on a Thursday. It's just one day too soon for me. It's mm. just just disruptive enough of like the <laughs> flow of the weekend. And you because because if you took off Thursday to prep food, have a party, or whatever, which you will be doing by yourself because it's Thursday and nobody else is going to show up to your house at one o'clock in the afternoon on a freaking Thursday to celebrate what should be a national freaking holiday, Brad. It should be on a Friday. Okay, I can go with the Friday thing because that's true. Because I'm more likely to take a Friday off than a Thursday. You're right. Because, right? And see, like with my work, the way that I work, I'm going to have these games on all day anyway while I work because I work from home. So it's not right. a problem, right? Yeah. You know, 
but, but you're an I understand. Brad, I'm an extrovert. I want to have true. everybody at my house eating wings, <laughs> watching the Yankees play at one o'clock for the San Francisco being hosted in New York. One o'clock. Okay, let's get in. Yeah, it. and the Mariners don't even play till seven ten. So right, which I would still come to your house for. By the way, I appreciate you have that. a party. I would force that on your introverted self. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's go through. If you. Want to know when your team is playing on Thursday, uh, March 30th? Here it is. San Francisco at, at New York for the first time ever. And it's the first time those two teams have played each other in like 56 years or something on opening day or whatever. San Francisco at New York, 1 p.m. Eastern. Atlanta at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern. Baltimore at Boston, 2.10. Milwaukee at Chicago, 2.20. Detroit at Tampa Bay, 3.10. Philly at Texas, 405. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, 410. Colorado at San Diego, 410. Toronto at St. Louis, 410. Minnesota at Kansas City, 410. New York Mets are going to play in Miami at 410. The White Sox will be in Houston at 708. The Angels will be in Oakland if they still have a place to play at 1007. <laughs> Arizona will be in LA at 1010 p.m. Eastern. And Cleveland will be in Seattle at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. All those are in Eastern time. So that's your opening day schedule for Thursday, blah, the 30th of March. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just mm. hadn't really thought about it, you know? Oh, I've thought about it. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. No, I thought long and hard about that one. I'm an angry little boy right here. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I will have an opening day party on Saturday, and it'll be just fine. It will be. It'll have to be. Okay. I think. Do you have anything else you want to say about the schedule, Brad? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited for the season to start. I was actually looking at the spring training schedule the other day because I was like, okay, when am I going to go to games? When am I going to take my son? And I, and I was like, because he and I go to a Mariners game every year, right? Right. Yeah. And his spring break, they're all night games. I was like, kind of nice. I don't have to take a day off work. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're going to go to a night game. Then I was like trying to figure out where I could go with a buddy, meet him on a Saturday somewhere in town to go to a game. And I was like, man, there are only five Saturdays. And I already have two of them booked up during spring training because one, we're going to the World Baseball Classic. You're going to be here. And the other one is my wife's birthday. So I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I have three Saturdays to choose from that I can go to a spring training game with him. So, wow. I don't know. I'm, awesome. I might not make it to very many games this year. I only made it to one last year, and finally it's hit me why. is because spring training is much shorter than I would like it to be. It comes and go. It comes and goes really fast. It really does. Is there an opening day series you're really excited about other than Seattle? Other than Seattle? Um, I think that Giants-Yankees one is cool. Yeah, me too. That's really neat. Um I don't know. I pay attention to the Diamondbacks just because I'm local. Um, so the Diamondbacks and Dodgers, um, that's one I'll be watching. Uh, as an AL West, as a team, as a fan of an AL West team, um, I'm always paying attention to the Astros. So I'm going to mm-hmm. see what the uh, what the White Sox do against the Astros on that opening weekend. But nice. those are those are mine. What about you? Anything besides the Yankees? Yeah, I'm going to watch the. Um, so I'll be paying attention to the Baltimore Boston series. For two reasons, and I bet you can't figure out what those are. One is I'm very excited about Baltimore being successful. Right. Um, and the other ones should be a mystery. 
Um, but then the Texas series, <laughs> I'm really excited about the Texas series. I've been talking about how good I think Texas is going to be this year. Um, and it's right. as a ramp up into next year. So we'll see. But that's 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 the one I'll be watching probably the closest. Just see if I'm if I'm right. The vibe yeah. if the vibe checks out. Well, and the Mariners World Series run starts 10 10 starts p.m. With- Eastern. On Thursday, <laughs> on Thursday yeah, March, March 30th. 30th. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all game right. One. Okay. So, speaking of the season coming about, Jeff or Steve Cohen was talking to Jeff Passan at ESPN, at the ESPN, and he was talking to him about his spending. And he finally has come out and discussed his opinion, Steve's opinion on what he's been hearing about all these other owners and everybody else talking about how he's spending too much money and he's just making it hard for everybody else and all these different accusations he's received. I'm going to read the quote. This is the direct quote. It's I thought it was fabulous. Steve says, quote, I've heard what everyone else has heard, that they're not happy with me. <laughs> I hear things from people who are maybe more neutral, that they're taking a lot of heat from their fans. I kind of look at that like, you're looking at the wrong person. They're putting it on me. Maybe they need to look more at themselves. And then he continues and he says, I'm not responsible for how other teams run their clubs. I'm really not. That's not my job. And there are disparities in baseball. We know that to be true. I'm following the rules. They set the rules down. I'm following them. <laughs> End quote. That is I was exactly like, right. Yes, Steve. (laughs) Our new favorite owner in baseball. (laughs) And not just because he spends money for his fans. (laughs) No, but look at this. He is he is sitting at his pulpit and he is preaching about don't come at me looking look in the mirror. Like look at yourselves. What is wrong with you that makes you mad at me? Yeah. And that's what we've been saying, isn't it? Don't mm-hmm. get mad at him. Either spend the money or get out. Sell, sell yeah. your team to somebody who will. Because there's somebody out there who's going to come in and be willing to spend the money. Totally. I love it. I thought it was so awesome. Yep. So, anyway, baseball family, if you have an opinion, we want to hear about it. But, uh, ultimately, we're big fans of owners who want to win and show it. So, mm-hmm. it's really yep. cool to see him have come out and and make his statement very clear. Just for the record, the Mets' current payroll – is the highest in Major League Baseball. Going into opening day, he's looking at a $335 million payroll. Now, you might be thinking, okay, who cares? What does that even mean? Let me give you a benchmark. There are reportedly 11 teams with a payroll of under $100 million. And the Mets payroll is 335 There you go. There's the context. It's a lot of tortillas. <laughs> That's a lot of tortilla. Good thing there's always money in the banana stand. That is very exciting. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. All right. Let's jump over to MLB The Show 2023. We had some some dust-ups over MLB The Show 23. Biggest factor is the cover athlete. Jazz Chisholm Jr. of the Miami Marlins has been named and revealed as the cover athlete of MLB The Show 2023. Arguably, well, not even arguably. Everybody knows it's baseball's premier, uh, like game console product, right? It's the this big is the one. one. It's, it's the, the it's, one. It's the Madden of baseball games. It is. Nothing else competes. We tried. They don't do very good job. This one is far better than everything else, and and that's okay. So being the it cover is. athlete's an enormous deal. 
Now, a lot of people think that this is a terrible choice or that it's not as good a choice as it could be. Brad, where do you fall on that spectrum? I think it's a fine choice. I like Jazz. I yeah. think that he's an exciting player. You brought up uh, when we talked about it last year when he was hurt and he was walking around the stadium, signing autographs, taking pictures of the fans. He's a man of the people, and I think that's yeah. the guy, the type of guy you need to have on the cover. Now, you mentioned that there was there were other options. It sounds like maybe a finalist, quote unquote, might have been Julio Rodriguez. Would right. I have liked to have seen Julio Rodriguez on the cover? Yes, I would have bought a poster and yeah. hung it up on my wall. Right. right. Um, maybe saluted it. Yeah. Most likely salute. <laughs> it would have been a would you got to raise Wilson correctly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> We're hung it up in his room for my sake. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think Jazz Chisholm Jr. is an outstanding selection, um, especially with his person with his person a colorful personality, and also the the color scheme of the Marlins. Like you could do some amazing cover art, bro. Right. Like you stole the words right out of my mouth. I think that that's part of what comes into play with some of these is that like, yeah. okay, MLB the show has its own logo and everything, but you've got to incorporate the art and the color scheme to include the player in the uniform he's going to be wearing on the cover. It's going to look sure. awesome. Awesome. It's amazing. And, and it does I know look you can awesome. Do the same thing with the Mariners because they're similar color schemes, but that's part of it though. Like Jazz Chisholm is going to sell. He's going to move units big time. Totally. Yeah, I agree. It's just an appealing color scheme and the cover art capabilities. You're you're absolutely right. That's exactly right. But just in case you were worried about MLB the show jumping into a quote small market for a quote small market athlete as the cover of their show of, of their game, don't worry because a new player that you can now add to the roster of your 2023 MLB the show team got his own special edition cover and they're going to get all the big market guys now because Derek Jeter is the special edition cover art athlete for MLB The Show 23. By the way, it's fabulous. It's all street art inspired cartoon. It's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm going to have to look this up because yeah, that's... You should look it up. It's so um, cool. It, you said it's a special edition? It is. Because remember they did the Der the Jackie Robinson one couple years uh, ago as the special edition the Derek jeter edition is this year. oh i hoped they were gonna use that it's cool isn't it that's awesome yeah, yeah. I, so i saw that a little while ago and to be honest with you i thought it was aaron judge and i was a little confused i was like because i don't know when aaron judge has ever made a throw like 2018. that or would. <laughs> oh 2018 he was the cover art athlete of mlb the yeah show. yeah but no i was because it's it was the play i was like doesn't seem like yeah. an Aaron Judge play to me, but no, it makes yeah. sense. That's Jeter. I like that. That's really cool. So twenty MLB The Show 23 also has new roster options. Let's go through the players that have been added that you can add to your team in, in different modes on the game. This is a cool list. David Ortiz, David Wright, Ryan Howard, Dustin Pedroia, Joe Maurer, Adrian Gonzalez, Andrew McCutcheon, Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, Yasiel Puig, they found him and got a contract. That Excellent. was pretty interesting. Josh Donaldson, somehow, and obviously Derek Jeter are the newest. Is Josh Donaldson, he's a free agent, isn't he? He's not I don't with think the, so. I was, was going to say, so he's like, but he's like he's, a free agent on the game? Or is it like vintage John, Josh Donaldson? 
Nobody knows, Brad. That's, a <laughs> that's, good question. that's so odd that they're like, you can add Josh Donaldson to your roster just so you know. Because <laughs> he's still playing third base for the Yankees. Right, yeah. Super weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Well, and Miggy and McCutcheon, he still has one year on the – Yeah. He's ending his he's thing in the Pirates. In Pirates, yeah. And Miggy's got one more year with the Tigers. So. Yeah, so maybe his agent, maybe their agent let him in finally, and they've said no until now or something. Or is maybe. it a players' association thing? I, I don't think actually it's a players' know. association thing. Um, but I don't know because I remember back in the '90s, you couldn't get Michael Jordan in, in any of the games. You right. Know? Yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't know. So okay, we got to talk more uh, MLB the show because it's a big announcement. This is the coolest thing. This is so cool. There are now. They're going to make Negro League storyline mode is now going to be available in the MLB The Show 23. And it is so cool. They're describing it as a narrative experience for each of the eight of these eight legendary Negro League players. They're going to include short videos about each one mixed into the gameplay and highlighting specifically these important moments in their careers. Um, they're also available in other modes like exhibition mode, etc., to add to your roster in MLB The Show 23. And the names are freaking awesome. Ready? Satchel Page, Jackie Robinson, Buck O'Neill, Rube Foster, Hilton Smith, Hank Thompson, John Donaldson, and Martin Diego. Those are the eight Negro vintage Negro League players that are now going to be available not only to play with in all of the different modes, but they have their own storyline experiences to go with them to highlight awesome. their Satchel careers. Page is going to be like a cheat code. So, oh yeah, <laughs> to- totally. It'll be like pulling a one-on-one when you get him, and then you just yeah. dominate everybody as a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to plug it again. If you get the chance to go to Kansas City and you don't go to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, you're wrong. You're just wrong. It is such <laughs> an incredible experience. The place, the storyline, the way the information unfolds before you, the history, the artifacts, let's call them artifacts, that, that they have there are crazy awesome. They have a, a replica field with bronze statues of all these players in their positions. It's amazing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whew, it's so good. you got to go. you got to go. Um, last thing I'll say about this is we're going to put the, um, we're going to put the link in the description for the Negro leagues announcement and some of the, you know, some of the promo material that they've done for this edition. It's very exciting. They're going to release a new roster of Negro leagues players every year on the MLB, the show's annual release. So this is just round one. Super cool. This version of the game is coming out March 28th, just two days before your opening day on Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Give you a chance to go run all your simulations to see how your team's going to do this season before it starts. Two two days to put your bets (laughs) down. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'd be curious. I'm going to have to, I'm going to keep my eye on that. What I'm going to do, Brig, is I'm going to look at the odds, the betting odds for every team um, starting on March on March 27th to win the World mm-hmm. Series, I'm going to see if there's any movement before opening day <laughs> between that time and and when the show comes out to see if people right. have gone out and run simulations and then made bets based on who comes out on top in the in the game. I'm quite sure you'll find 
a movement. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. All right, baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are excited to jump into our first ever installment of What If in Baseball History. We'll be right back. Baseball family, welcome back. Our first edition of What If in Baseball History. This is when we get to poke holes in the history of baseball and talk about like maybe what would have been different in the event that certain things did take place, or didn't take place or whatever. It's Brad's idea. He's really excited about it. So we're going to let him start off. Brad, what do you got? Okay, I have I have two here. Um, which one should I go with, Briggs? Should I go with more recent history or like, I don't want to say ancient history. Which one do you think you should go with? Uh, do, do, do the old one first. I don't The know. old one. Okay. We're going to start with the babe. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So what if the babe never went to New York? Okay. If the Red Sox had kept him? Well, um, first off, there would have been no curse of the Bambino. Okay. True. Right. So the Red Sox would not, would not have gone so long without a World Series title. In fact, in fact, Brig. All of those titles the Yankees won with the Babe would have gone to the Red Sox. I submit, I submit <laughs> that Boston has instead of seven more titles just with the Babe, there would be two more. They would have nine more titles because I do believe in a, such a thing as organizational momentum. Yeah, organizational momentum would have carried on, and with and Ted Williams would have two World Series titles with the Red Sox. So you can count nine more titles to. The Red Sox tally. Um, there would have been no murderers row. Crazy to think about, right? Wow. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that he's what made it up, but I I do think that he had a that Babe's playing style at the time contributed to the roster construction, right? So totally. I don't think there 100%. would not have been a murderers row in New York. Wow. Um, the Yankee mythology of the early 1900s into even the middle mid 1900s into the 1950s and so would have wouldn't be existent right i'm really glad we didn't end on this yeah yeah and it's probably a good yeah. thing for you that i started with this one <laughs> yeah um, yankees hat just to make me feel better hold on and instead instead of the dodgers <laughs> moving to la the yankees would have moved to la because the dodgers still would have been a fixture in new york while the yankees would have been second fiddle and needed to move out of town. So you'd have the LA Yankees and still have the Brooklyn Dodgers. And maybe the Brooklyn Dodgers at some point would have moved to the Bronx or something, but they'd still be in New York. And, uh, and here's one for you. Boston is the crown jewel of major league baseball for the last hundred plus years and not the New York Yankees the Boston Red Sox would become the most valuable team in major league baseball and not or sports altogether sports, not the Yankees because the babe cemented the Red Sox into baseball history, rather than it being Fenway and a history of losing that the Yankee that the Red Sox have. Now it would be a rich history of one of the greatest stadiums in baseball history, plus a massive winning tradition with some of the greatest players we've ever seen. The greatest hitter we've ever seen in Ted Williams, not Babe Ruth. And agree, it all would be part of <laughs> it, would all be part of the Boston Red Sox history and not part of the New York Yankees history. Um, I have to call Mike Farns, <laughs> he needs to be here for this conversation because he just made a best friend. Um, 
Did we just become best friends? No, <laughs> you and Mike did. You maybe you guys can nail bunk beds together and have room for activities. Karate in the garage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't have a sword, sign. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> John Stamos. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's what's his name from the American Idol. The Oh, oh, that's right. It's Randy Jackson. Huh? Randy Jackson. Thank that's you. Right. John <laughs> okay. Stamos is their man crush. Anyway. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's all right. It. Okay. I'm going to recover this for you Yankees fans listening. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to bring this back around. Okay. Okay. My first what if is, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to go with my other one. All right. Okay. <laughs> what if Pete Rose had never bet on baseball? Mm. That's my first one. Here's the chain I came up with. All right. <laughs> <laughs> first of all the the easiest choice is the hit king charlie hustle would be in the hall of fame in Super the hall dope. right yeah but his on the field performance would have rewarded his off the field behavior and he would have become a terrible person like a really <laughs> awful person okay uh, he would have benefited from all of his fame and success and continue to experience success on the field as his life off the field deteriorated in the wake of that success. He would have wound up in a standoff with police that would have ended peacefully. However, he would have had all this uh, jail time and probation time. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, then he would have um, he court ordered rehab, obviously. Uh, as part of his jail, his prison sentence. And then MLB would never have outright banned him, um, but he would have been like ostracized by the community. He would have been a pariah anyway, kind of like what Jose Canseco dealt with, right? Where they're like, okay, well, yeah. not enough to really like kick you out, but we don't want to have anything to do with you. He's not our favorite person. Yeah. So you're out uh, quietly. So then on July 14th, <laughs> 2015, Pete Rose would have snuck into Great American Ballpark and an aging, flabby Charlie Hustle would have gone streaking and hustled his way across the infield during the All-Star game as his final, like, shred of... Uh, Please tell uh, me he goes headfirst into third base. He goes headfirst into third base. Because he kept his floppy hair. How could he not? And that's what happens if Pete Rose never would have been caught stealing or, or uh, never would have bet on baseball. I don't care if he's caught or not. He just wasn't betting at all. That's so funny. That's it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that he still like his cat. So does he make it into the Hall of Fame, though? Yeah, he, he makes, makes it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then as he does so, he continues to decide that he's better than everybody else. And he has the superiority complex and that ruins everything. <laughs> but, and you know, what's funny is that, that, that takes away how many conversations at the bar every night. Right? That's the whole, that's the whole thing is like, there's so this whole Pete Rose thing is so fun, but annoying at the same time. I don't know another right. way to characterize it because yeah. it's tired. It is a tired argument and it'll never go away and that's okay. But also the generation that truly cares is either starting to not care as much or nobody's asking them questions anymore because we already know how they feel. Yeah. Um, and then there's us that we're kind of caught in the middle. And then there's the younger generation of upcoming fans that they don't care. Yeah. Don't know. Don't they have care. No dog in the Whatever. fight at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting. So that's why I think if he never got caught, never got banned for life, none of that, I think it still would have gone downhill pretty quick. <laughs> 
probably and that is a that's a personality thing for sure. I could see it happening. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sure, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, I'm gonna go hey, with my second turn. one. All right. Okay, I'm gonna talk about the flip. Oh yeah, again, okay. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not taking, I know it just happens. It just happens because this is actually one I thought about a lot for a long time and it's not Derek Jeter is still in position, still in position, out of position, however you want to call it. Derek Jeter still makes the flip. The difference with this play is that Jeremy Giambi slides, right? Cause he did not slide on that play. If Jeremy Giambi no. slides, he's safe. And then they've got a runner on second with two outs. They go on score two, maybe three more runs in that game. Either way, the A's win it. They sweep the Yankees in the ALDS three games to zero. They move on to play the Mariners, who had their number that year, sweep them out of the ALCS. The Mariners go to the World Series to play the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks lose that series. The Mariners win it in six become the greatest team in Major League Baseball history, 116 wins and a World Series title. Okay? For sure. And like I said before, organizational momentum. The Mariners don't go on to win another World Series, but they make the playoffs. The drought is not nearly as big of a deal as what it was. They go on, they make the playoffs here and there over the next few years. But this is the big thing, is the Mariners make the playoffs with King Felix on the roster. Ha. King Felix gets a playoff appearance. He gets to go pitch ALDS, ALCS. We'll say a World Series just for kicks. And he dominates, and he becomes a Hall of Famer outright. There is no question, no debate, nothing. King Felix is 100, 1,000% a Hall of Famer, first ballot, nearly unanimous, because of his domination in the regular season and the postseason as well. And that's my oh. what if. All oh, if Jeremy Giambi had slid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. Because mm-hmm. losing in the ALCS against the Yankees put such a stink on the franchise for so many years. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem why they didn't make the didn't make the playoffs for so long. Yeah. I could see that. Hmm. Why do you but think like he I didn't said, slide? I think he. Th- I think what he saw was the ball. The throw was way offline, and by the time he saw that Jeter made a good flip, it was too late. Yeah, you know he's like, "There's no, there's no reason to slide. This throws offline. He's not going to make a good flip." But I think that since then, a lot of guys, if there's a throw coming at all, have started sliding anyway. I think, and so. I don't know if that's why, but we see sliding into home a lot more often if there's a throw at all. So yeah, could be why. Anyway, I like that. Okay, right, my last course? one. Last one. What if Bill Buckner fielded that ball cleanly? <laughs> you ready? Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, it's Game Six of the 1986 World Series. Bill Buckner, first base for the Red Sox, playing pretty deep off that bag. Let's be honest; he's too far back. And uh, Mookie Wilson hits a grounder with runners on second and third, by the way, I think if I remember right. And or is it first and second? Anyway, there are two runners on. Mookie Wilson hits a, a slow roll ground ball literally right up the first baseline. And Bill Buckner 
muffs it. It goes right through his legs, right between his legs. And the Mets go on to win game six, uh, and that forces a game seven. That would have put the Red Sox as one. That was the one out had he fielded it cleanly, they say, that would have ended the 68-year at that time, 68-year Red Sox World Series drought. Okay? So if Buckner fields that ball cleanly, here's what happens. I'm a little worried. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm buckled up. <laughs> Rather than the ball going through his legs, he feels it cleanly. Bob Stanley, who's the pitcher, still never even attempts to hustle the first base to help back up the play. Which he took. He got a late start on in the real world anyway. But let's say because Buckner fields the ball, he doesn't even try. So Mookie Wilson slides headfirst into first base and makes the bag because Buckner was still too far back. Let's be honest. He's like, I don't know. It looks, it's bad. It's like two feet back. So he doesn't have enough time to get there and there's nobody else there to back him up. So Wilson still makes the play at first base. All right. But Ryan Knight gets held up at third base and doesn't make it home to force the, to force the game seven. Okay. The game ends up in extra innings as the, as the game goes into extra innings, the Mets still prevail and force a game seven uh, because the Red Sox pitching broke down. Okay. They left, they left Stanley in way too long and the Mets took over, forced the game seven. So they go to game seven. Game seven goes into extra innings and it ends up being already without who knowing who wins one of the greatest world series in the history of the world series, which you could say it already is, but that 86 miracle Mets world series ends up going the other direction. And the Red Sox end their drought in game seven against the 86 miracle Mets. And this is where things start to go crazy. Okay. I mean, that's nuts. (laughs) That's totally nuts. Where it starts. (laughs) (laughs) So the first layer of what happens in the wake of this storyline is that the Red Sox get all pompous, right? And they all thought they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they got some great talent on that team. And they go on to fail spectacularly in every subsequent season until they get a, a full rebuild. So that's the first layer. The more important layer is that every member of those 86 Mets that needs to go to rehab and get off the sauce, they all do. (laughs) No more cocaine, (laughs) no more heavy drinking. All the parties get stopped because the management and the ownership and everybody comes down on them hard like, what happened? Why did we lose? We had no business losing. We should have won. What is it? And every one of them, like Doc Gooden, for instance, they all go to rehab and they get the help that they need and then they all extend their careers and there's no police issues there's no worried about hangovers at ball games none of that stuff happens and the miracle mets end up being the franchise of the decade in the 90s they clean oh, in the things 90s. up in the 90s they clean things up from 86 on And when 1989 and 1990 come about, they've got veteran leadership that can hang in there. They've got uh, a a lot of up and coming guys like David Cohn doesn't leave, for instance. And everybody else goes and the 90s are dominated by the 86 or by the Mets. Wow. I like that. That's good. What I think happens. That's really good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like losing a World Series to set you straight. <laughs> right. Well, and they play the Red Sox repeatedly in this alternate history I've come up with. Oh, there's organizational a, momentum. Yeah, there's a Mets-Red Sox rivalry that develops hardcore at that World Series level. Nice. Through the 90s. That's very good. So what, what happens with the strike, the strike though? Like, Are the Mets basically unfazed by the strike? Yeah. No, they're to- they, they skate right through it. Yeah, because I feel like the strike was the turning point for the Yankees in the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like they came back for the partial season in 95. And then after that, it was the Yankees the rest of the way. Yeah. But yeah, so unfazed by the strike. It's, it's un- they, it doesn't bother them at all. It bothers everybody else, though, obviously. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Especially the Expos. So, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. So I think it's funny. We both have. So you have the Red Sox then as like the team of the American League in the 90s that. Yep. Wow. It's funny how we, it, there's just a couple things that change and that happens for the Red Sox, according to us, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. A couple of fiction writers. They were writers. so close. <laughs> they were so, what'd you say? A couple of fiction writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My new book is coming out. And <laughs> For real, though, we'll talk about that when it's more relevant. Eventually. But, yeah. <laughs> but it really, though, like like you were, I think you're going to say, though, like it takes a couple bounces as all for the Red Sox in history. And that's it. Completely different franchise. It's totally different. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. No, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. But and as a hardcore family, Yankees fan, I oh. totally, I totally uh, love and hate the idea of the Red Sox being as successful as you were proposing. Like that's because as a baseball yeah. fan, that's super exciting. It'd be fascinating, right? Instead of being yeah. lovable losers, they'd be the the evil empire. Well, and especially with the, the the with the park, right? Fenway is just such a thing. Yeah, and it deserves more than it. I don't know. It just deserves more. Well, I, but... I feel like because I do feel like the story of the Red Sox is mostly Fenway, right? But, yeah. Since '04, they've won a bunch of titles, and that's been the culture there. But before that, it was Fenway, you know, yep. and and yeah, as a Pesky's pole and. Um, Fisk and and Ted Williams, like all those guys, right? Yeah, right. But it hasn't been winning until 04. Totally. So ah, it's really interesting. But anyway, <laughs> it is. It's baseball family. Let us know what you think. What what ifs should we uh take on next? That's what we want to know from you. Jump in the uh-huh. mailbag, leave us a voicemail, give us a moment in baseball history that you want to see us change, and let's change it and let's see what happens. And we will take it as many layers deep as we want and need and uh could be some catastrophes like we might get to nuclear <laughs> war one day because bill buckner <laughs> made the play or whatever <laughs> has to do with cuba in the world baseball classic and yeah. the, the ussr never fell and then won the world <laughs> baseball classic <laughs> and, the, and the united states president took exception with that yeah, that was the end. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "We will not lose in Vietnam, Korea, Afghanistan, and the World Baseball Classic. Like, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> Communists will not take over baseball. And as ours, <laughs> they will not take it from us. Exactly right. They're yep. the Marxist. The mascot is the Marx. <laughs> Marx. <laughs> If you want us to play that out some way, let us know and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Oh man. But yeah, we will. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, you can help us out over on Patreon, search baseball together. We have four 
tiers of support, $1, $5, $10, and $15 each comes with its own perks and benefits and everything. But they all come with the bullpen cut, which is all the in-between before and after stuff where we have our production meeting and make jokes at each other and stuff like that in between. It's all the fun stuff. You get that all uncut and unedited. Um, the other way, another good way you can support the show is through Fanatics. Also, Chinook Cedary. Head over to ChinookCedary.com and use code BTPOD to get 10% off. Fantastic seeds. I've been munching on uh, lemon pepper. Amazing. Wow, I briefly I mentioned Fanatics. We got, a, we got a link for you down in the description of every episode. You can help. You can support the podcast by going there and making a purchase through the link. But baseball family, thank you Dumb spring get, training hat. <laughs> yeah, get your dumb spring training hat if you want, or get a good hat. Either yeah, way, get a good one. They yeah. got them over there for you. <laughs> but anyway, they got them over there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will catch you next week.